Welcome to Cop Block Radio. It is December 14th, 2016. I'm Derek J. You can listen at lrn.fm, the Liberty Radio Network, and copblock.org. We bring it to you every week. Uh, the top stories from copblock.org and police accountability sites around the country, mostly focusing on what's going on in the U.S., uh, North America, and... Um, We've got some great ones for you tonight. Andrew Henderson in Minnesota, a, a, a special in-depth look at a guy who's doing a lot of good for Cop Block and the Cop Block community, um, spreading the word about people filming the police. And he's he's riding out there in a black and white police cruiser that he bought, and it's covered in stickers. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're definitely going to notice this guy as he's driving down the street, and then he throws you some propaganda about how you should probably uh, not talk to the police, don't consent to a search, and, you know, never uh, plead guilty. And you're like, what? Who is this guy? So we'll, we'll get into Andrew Henderson. He's super cool. Um, then we've got the typical stories that you can expect from uh, a week's worth of aggressors and interveners jumping around with their guns. Uh, Bakersfield cops shot innocent 73-year-old man nine times after confusing a crucifix for a gun. I could see why he would mix those two. And then uh, Idaho cop cleared after killing a suspected um, drunk driver, despite video evidence contradicting the police narrative. A funny video from Why Do You Comply? Compliance series. Uh, they're doing some like parody um swiftian almost uh satire of you know why do people comply why why would you just follow orders from these random people who you don't know you have no idea you know anyone could slap on this costume if someone's pointing a gun at you why do you let your defenses down and not treat these people as as the serious threat they are so we asked that important question in a satirical video we'll share with you uh garland texas cop on trial after shooting an unarmed driver 41 times i'm sure he had a good reason uh, the plus Chicago police uh, forced taxpayers in Chicago to foot the bill for a $3 million settlement after they made a mistake. Oh, whoops. Turns out a cop can shoot a teen who's holding an iPhone, say it looks like a gun, and then you pay the bill. Wow. They've really got quite, <laughs> quite a racket going. Um just don't question it. And then I want to start out with this one. We've got more stories just to tease you a little bit. To listen to this. This is one of those classic cop lock videos that it's cringeworthy and it's going to spur a lot of conversation. How would you have handled this if you were the driver? What if you were the passenger? What if you were the cop? This is a typical stop. Have a listen. I want to hear what you think. I 
question for? What's that? Are we free to go yet? So this video is in two parts. So that's the first part, all right? That's the setup. What are you thinking at this time? This this guy, they, they clearly have some kind of history, the driver. Now, I, I don't know the background. I haven't even read the story yet. But just hearing that video, the driver has some kind of background with the cop. He recognizes him. Uh, they've had a history of interaction. And the cop is playing some kind of mental uh, obedience game where it's like, oh, hey, uh, What's your name, sir? I'm just pulling you over for no goddamn reason. Just a typical average day. You got a headlight out or you ran a stop sign. You know, hey, um, what's what's your name and who's the occupancy of this uh, vehicle? I just want to know who's inside. It's a little hard to hear, but they, he has that stupid douchebaggy voice going like, oh, you know, hey, I know I'm being an asshole, but, you know, you should just comply because I've got a gun. So the the driver is like, you know who I am. I'm not playing this game. I'm not telling you who I am. And maybe that's the wrong move. You know, from my perspective, what's the big deal? You know, think about, okay, you got some pride. Like, oh, this guy, yeah, he's a dick. He's an asshole. All right, just deal with it. Just be like, this guy's an asshole. I'm going to play his stupid game. It's not like he's riding your back. It's not like he's, he's you know, sticking his fingers up your ass. There's some times to object when when police cross the line but just being like oh what's your name in kind of a dick way like you you let him win in that one so here's part two here's uh what happens next take a listen i don't think i see a light on yours anyhow okay i was, I I was, I was just about to ask you that if it had the light or no, it's I don't now think it does. I don't good think thing i know does. a guy that can fix that no, i don't this does have a story attached to it. Your license plate is covering the hole right in the middle of it. Is it really? Yeah, so. Okay. My dad's a body man. I'll have to fix it. Poor them. Yeah, tickets are a bunch of paperwork for them. Yeah. Oh, it's so awful for them. They got their own revenue thing going on. Yeah. We have ours. You know, and uh, people. Wait, wait, oh, wait, what was that? 
Did he just admit this is about revenue? Oh yeah, we don't do that quota thing. They have their revenue scheme, we have ours. Well, thanks for breaking it down like a classic mobster for us. Yeah, I, you see, I don't make any money when I give you a ticket. So why would I do that, right? I'm not going to be a dick. Um, it's sort of weird how his his idiocy gives way to honesty. <laughs> that like, oh, he's he's really just such a dumb nut. Uh, that he is going to just follow whatever any order is given to him. But also, he's he doesn't know when to keep his damn mouth shut. Like, these guys in the car aren't giving him anything. They're like, no, I'm not giving you my name. No, I'm not, you know, not going to comply with your, your BS nonsense. And this cop, you know, he's bumbling around like Gilligan, trying to get some answers out of these guys, and then has a one-sided conversation with himself, explaining why he is a revenue generator for the state. Um, and why these guys are no good for him. He he really... It's weird that he even made it about revenue in the end because he, he also said, well, you guys aren't being crazy, like implying that if they uh, gave him some tood, that he would punish them with a ticket, which it's my understanding that's not supposed to be how tickets are issued. It's not it's supposed to be rule of law, not rule of man. Like, oh, I think this guy's a dick, so I'm going to extort him for $400 today. Um, you know, I'm glad that they get away with no ticket. It's great that they're relatively unmolested and that they got video. Posted it to Cop Lock and shared it with you. So maybe next time when you're stopped by a douchebag cop, you'll keep your mouth shut too. And record it. We've got more to share coming up. Whoa, Josh Hodgkin starting shit over on the Cop Block Facebook page. You know, they posted this article, so-called article, and I'm going to call him right out on it. Yeah, Josh, you're going to be the next host of this show, so I got some words for you. Stop posting bullshit about catching res from your dirty, nasty bowls. Nobody wants to read that crap, and it's not about police accountability, so get, get with it, man. Yeah, okay, so I saw some article says uh headline a celebration of the resin reapers toolkit yeah uh dark days call for dark deeds and every stoner knows all too well the hardship of smoking resin in a weed drought and the tools they will have to make to uh to make to get it done so uh, first of all he did he didn't he's not even have the mental clarity to post a sentence but then furthermore, it's about celebrating scraping resin out of bowls. Fucking nasty, dude. And not about police accountability. I'm glad you think it's important, but maybe share it on your personal page. Doesn't belong on Cop Block. Just my opinion. So, all right, let's move on to a real uh, doer, Andrew Henderson, a force multiplier in Minnesota. He's going to introduce himself. Have a listen. I'm Andrew Henderson. Um, I'm active with Minnesota Cop Block. I am active with Communities United Against Police Brutality to shine the public light on police misdeeds. I'll, I'll never stop doing this. I'll never stop having this interest. I got involved with these ideas uh, when I lived in the north end of St. Paul. Um, I saw an incident of police brutality 
outside my home where a, a gentleman was pepper sprayed uh, in the face and then kicked in the chest by the police. Um, and as he was being put in the patrol car, they emptied a can of pepper spray into his ear. Um, at this point, I, I, uh, I saw that, that filming the police was an effective tactic and uh, started doing that in my own community. Um, at first, uh, very covertly from my, my bedroom window, taking pictures and filming uh, police incidences. And then uh, gradually moved up to, to, to getting out there on the street with a camera in my hand. And You never know when, it, when, when something's gonna happen. So I pretty much carry a camera wherever I go. I definitely think that it's, it's a necessity in, in today's world. If you think back to the, you know, the, the Rodney King video, to have a video camera at that time, you had to have a lot of money. You know, they were expensive, they were big, um, people couldn't carry them around, and, and, and now we all do. So I think that's why people are feeling the need more and more is because they're seeing all these videos with, with, with all this egregious behavior from, 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 from law enforcement personnel and, and realizing that yes, they need to film, they, they need to document their, their, their interactions and the interactions of others. Um, not, you know, not only keep them themselves safe, but to keep their community safe. When I first got involved, um, I reached out to Minnesota Cop Walk and uh, they were happy to, you know, to work with me. Um, at this time, I was actually going through trial for, for, uh, for filming police. Um, so there was, a, there was, there was you know, that interest out there. Um, I also became involved with uh, Communities United Against Police Brutality which is a great Minneapolis organization. Um, I've since become their cop watch coordinator and I teach a lot of uh, cop watch trainings to various communities through them. Um, and it's a great experience, great organization to become involved with. If you live in the, the Twin Cities area, I definitely suggest you check them out. Uh, they have meetings every Saturday at 1.30 at uh, 4200 Cedar Avenue in South Minneapolis. I want to educate others on how to do this, you know, so that this, 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 this idea will continue long after I'm gone. If you'd like a Know Your Rights training or a Cop Watch training, uh, you can get a hold of me through my website or at thedrukes at gmail.com. It's D-R-E-W-K-S. Um, all my trainings are free. I, I don't charge for the information at all. I, I, I can train small groups, large groups, um, anything from a community organization to a church group. I've been doing a lot of that. Um, a lot of court support where I where I go to court with people. This legal land, you know. Nice guy and everything, but his voice is driving me crazy. It's a little boring. But um, before I fall asleep, I want to you know break this video up and say, man, this guy's a serious doer. Uh, first of all, he's handed out pamphlets from his car. He started described his story of filming police covertly from his bedroom window, you know, seeing people. And we've all been there, right? Like, have you seen uh, cops outside your window and maybe you start to record? I think as cop blockers, we all, you know, we're a little bit afraid to jump in the fray um, right from the get-go. You know, going near a police officer, anytime you're in their vicinity, it can be, you know, a little bit uh, heart-pounding situation. So... This guy, he kept his distance, then he felt gradually a little more comfortable getting closer, and he brought a camera around with him everywhere, which, you know, some of us remember that a couple of years ago, that meant carrying an actual camcorder around with you. I've still got mine. I was using it in court uh, yesterday for the Uber grandma trial. Maybe if there's time, I'll share with that um, how that went with you. But yeah, so this guy's a serious doer. Um, and not only that, he's he's giving free training courses. So if you're interested in anything he does, the thedrukes.com is his website, and then everything else is Twitter, Facebook, is all 
the Drukes, D-R-E-W-K-S, which I have no idea what that is, but let's, let's hear more from him. Maybe he'll explain. Help him get a, a public defender, you know, be there for moral support. Recently, I bought a former squad car, uh, black and white, and uh, I have the back covered in stickers uh, for people, <laughs> you know, to, to It's got, like, Bipcot stickers like on it. Copblock.org, um, uh, jury nullification sticker, antiwar.com. Um, Holy uh, cow. Okay, just I'm going to do a freeze frame on the back of his uh, police cruiser. So if you could picture, it's one of those old classic black and whites like Andy Griffith would be driving around. And it's got a cell 411 sticker, a, uh, what's it say, caution police state, no victim, no crime, uh, Bipcot, no gov license. Um, oh, a thin blue line sticker that says, remember your oath. Of course, LRN.FM. Okay. And then uh, obedience is not patriotism. Antiwar.com. Don't vote. It only encourages them. Um, and one that's a little more difficult to read. You've just begun reading about jury nullification. Very nice. Uh, so those stickers and more all on the back of a police cruiser. You got to be like, wait a minute. Is this the dare mobile or like what? what's going on here? I think I have a wee cop watch sticker on there. A cell 411 sticker. I use this as, 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 as primarily an outreach vehicle. Um, I, I have the center console filled with, with different flyers for things like jury nullification, don't take the plea, yeah. uh, know your rights. When I'm, I, 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 I see someone and they, they ask about the car, I can, I can load them up with information. The more you can expand your mind with different ideas, I think the, the, the more effective your tactics get and the, and, and the more easy they become to you. Um, to, to uh, you know, adapt new tactics um, on the spot. So. Yeah, this is great I, stuff. The propaganda is is huge. I mean, if you're not... It if you're not someone who wants to engage with law enforcers, I get that. There's danger involved. But if you want to make a difference in your community, handing out information that people don't have access to otherwise and putting it in their hands is life-changing. So, especially in the right moment, like, oh, I was at court, as I said earlier uh, this week for Uber Grandma's trial, and <clears throat> friend and fellow cop blocker Ian Freeman brought don't take the plea deal flyers so that people had something to read while they were in court considering whether or not likely they were going to take a plea deal uh, which of course is almost always a very bad deal um, it, and is always available to you up until the very last second so really weigh and consider your options you might just be entitled to a jury trial and then go free force multiplier is something that dramatically increases the effectiveness of a specific aim. A force multiplier. Often used to describe a new weapon or a bit of actionable intel in military theater. In this case, the force multiplier is Andrew the Drukes Henderson, and his aim is police accountability and personal liberty. After witnessing the rights violation of another person at the hands of St. Paul police employees, Henderson realized the importance of filming. Not satisfied with utilizing that tactic himself, he has actively shared it with hundreds through the Twin Cities. Through Know Your Rights and Cop Block workshops, literature outreach and court support, Andrew Henderson has undoubtedly had a positive impact in the Twin Cities. 
In this video, he recounts some of his experiences, details, and his personal motivations, and gives a message to current police employees. And let's just return to that video. I won't interrupt him anymore and let him finish what he's got to say. Here he is. Get yourself as much knowledge as you can. My most influential, of course, is copwalk.org. Uh, um, I, I spent hours on that website when I was, you know, just getting started out. Um, watched as many videos as I could. Um, you know, uh, Photography's not a crime. We cop watch. Um, those are the main ones that influenced me. Um, different podcast series are great, too, uh, such as Ben Stone's Beyond Civil Disobedience series. Um, that is probably one of my most influential podcasts I've ever heard. Freedom Fiends is another great, great, uh, great resource. Um, good podcast, lots of information, varying topics. Anything on on, on Free Talk Live is great, um, and I think that mainstream media gets most of their ideas from these, you know, from these sites like Coplock or, or Photography's Not a Crime, uh, or the Free Thought Project, stuff like that, and and pick up on it that way. I see the growth of police accountability moving at an exponential rate right now. I really do, and it's, it's, it's amazing. I can remember, you know, five years ago when I started, you know, filming police and, and having interest in this, it was a very taboo subject. Nobody wanted to discuss it. Um, you know, people thought you just hated cops, um, and people generally did not understand it. Uh, and, and today, everybody's doing it. Everybody knows about it. Everybody has an interest in it. And I'm 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 very very happy to see that the first time that you go filming it's 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 going to be scary it's going to be hard um, I remember looking at back at my first video my hand was shaking you know it, it was it was with my cell phone and and the entire video was just shaking because I was I was I was that nervous I, I had that much adrenaline rushing through me um, you know filming police it's 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 not something most people do every day so it can be a little intimidating for most and scary. Um, but I promise it gets easier. It, um, every time you do it, it'll get easier and easier, and it'll become more of a, a, a normalcy. You'll you'll just know what to do. You, you won't be scared. You'll just you'll be there for the community. You'll be there for 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 the person you know getting accosted by by a you know man in a costume with a badge, um, and and you will create change. You will you will make that incident better by just being there with that camera, you know, having that independent witness going on. There's a lot of tactics today that I wish I would have used four years ago when I had my camera taken away. Um, I wish I would have used Bamboozer. I wish I would have live streamed that, uh, that, that interaction um, and, and had a copy of, of the footage saved on a, on, on a you know, different server. Um, I wish I would have had cell 411. Uh, I wish that you know someone could have came to my aid right then. Um, I I use cell four one one all the time now. I attended a uh, citizens academy through the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office. This was about five years ago. This was just before um, one of their their employees took away my camera, and I went through a, a eighteen month court process. Um, you know, fighting charges uh, levied against me um, for for simply filming. You know police activity. Alright, so I want to pause there. I promise, sorry I lied, but um, interrupting to say, okay, so he's talking about five years ago and how many changes there have been in the area of cop blocking, not just the number of websites that are following this this 
concept and the number of people who are willing to accept this line of thinking is like, hey, maybe we shouldn't trust the the teeth of the government. Um, maybe there's a good reason why these people uh, are recording, getting an objective record of these people who are uh, apparently allowed to lie in court. You know, maybe there's a good reason for that. So it's it's not just that and how the cultural shift has changed, but the technological shift where he says everyone's got a camera, so they are able to record. And not only that, there are apps like Cell 411 and Peacekeeper that you can call up your friends to have them respond instead of the police if you're caught in an emergency. And then otherwise, you know, if the police are at your door, it's also a great time to use apps like that because then who are you going to call? Um, and I went to the Citizens Academy class and a couple classes in, I asked a, a question that was that was pretty hard for them, or a couple questions that were, that were pretty hard for them to answer. And I got a letter from them in the mail a few days later uh, saying that I was no longer welcome on the property. I oh, mean, whoops. I, was, I couldn't go to their Citizens Academy class anymore. Oh, you asked the wrong uh, questions. So, I mean, that, that, that shows me the level of transparency that... that uh, yeah, where that does our authority come really from? Have, that you, know? um, you, you can try to go to one, but if you ask any real questions, they either won't be able to answer them or they'll kick you out. You know, I, I, I worry about police officers today. I, I, I worry about their future moral injury. And oh, if a police man. officer is watching this, think about how you're going to feel at the end of life when when you're on your deathbed and you're thinking about these horrible things that you did to people, these 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 unnatural things, mm. just because you were told to do so, just because it was your job. Right on, Andrew. How are you going to feel? Are, are, are you going to be okay with this, or are, are you going to have this 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 remorse? Explore your conscience. Um, think is, is, is what you're doing right or is it just to earn that paycheck I mean you know not every law is righteous um, mer- legislation is not a substitute for morality at all um, you know I mean locking someone in a cage you know, or, or, or making them pay you money for, for possessing a plant is, is just plain wrong um, and my motivation is to help people understand that I, I, I want people to, to take control of their own lives to to own themselves rather than, you know, be subjected to bad legislation under horrible rule. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to, to, to move people's mindsets towards, you know, that, that ultimate goal of, of personal liberty. Amen. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, once again, you can find him at uh, the Dukes, or the Drukes, excuse me, dot com. And, uh, um, you know, basic Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Andrew Henderson's the name. And, uh, yeah, man, great point to, to bring that moral appeal to current law enforcers for their future moral injury is how he put that. You know, think about when you're on your deathbed and you're looking back at all the things you did in your life. Are you going to feel proud? Did you do what's right? And I love that he makes that distinction that it's about morality. It's about right and wrong. Like here you are, thin blue line, thinking that you're the the only thing keeping the world from falling into anarchy. When really you guys are the ones causing it. That the, the world would be way less chaotic, way more orderly if people were free to organize themselves instead of being forced around and thrown into cages you know, for making personal choices about what types of vegetation they want to ingest. For goodness sakes, uh, make it a moral argument to say, look, 
Here you are claiming to care about right and wrong, to stand on the side of good. You're not doing good. You're doing bad. (laughs) So you need to know that. And I love that about cop block and cop blockers, that they're willing to not just record, but to inject morality into the conversation in the moment. Hey, hey, what you're doing is wrong right now. Stop that. Very effective. You know, of course, then we've got situations like classic story coming up. Bakersfield cop shoots 73-year-old man nine times. Oh, he thought it was a gun. Turns out it was a crucifix. Shock headline. The filth shot a man to death. No, I know. Try. I hope you were sitting when you heard that. Well, uh, yeah, here, let's get through this story quickly. There's a million and one of these, but they're so important to just get on the record so that future uh, artificial intelligence bots can surf the web for historical records of people who were assholes and, and murders. And, um, you know, the, the Terminator will inflict justice. Inflict justice. A cop in Bakersfield has been placed on routine paid vacation after he shot an unarmed and completely innocent 73-year-old man nine times. His excuse for the shooting was that he thought the crucifix Francisco Serna had was actually a gun. It's not clear at this time whether Francisco was even holding the crucifix at the time he was murdered. At the time, Officer Reagan Selman fired his gun. Serna, the Francisco guy, the 73-year-old man, was already surrounded by six other law enforcers. Francisco was the only one, was only one of the, the seven that feared for his life enough to shoot at him. The officers, oh, oh, Selman, sorry, they have both have really similar names. So the one cop was the only one out of the seven cops there who feared for his life enough to shoot at the old guy. The law enforcers had been responding to a call from someone in the neighborhood that someone was outside with a gun, which is legal. Bakersfield police have claimed that Francisco didn't respond to commands to take his hands out of his pockets. Oh. They told him to take his hands out of his pockets. He didn't do it, so he probably had a gun. He's probably going to shoot him. You know, it's got to. It's a little bit reasonable for the police to think that, based on what they've been told. Okay, but you don't see a gun, you don't get to shoot somebody. However, according to Heavy.com, a grand total of twenty seconds passed before uh, between the time the neighbor who called uh, had pointed out Francisco to the officers who responded, and the uh, the cop firing nine shots at him. So they'd already been informed by the dispatch that Francisco was known to be suffering from dementia. So they had that bit of information. You think they could have taken it a little easy on him. Maybe they just don't know about how to treat people with dementia or how to treat people at all. That indicates that they were already familiar with him and probably should have known that he wasn't someone they should assume would be a threat It also shows they made no effort to figure out what was really going on before 
that uh, Coproach came with guns blazing and executed Francisco. Here's the story from the local news. This is what they We're had to say in to Bakersfield. Bakersfield Police and that man's family about the moments leading up to his death. As Bakersfield Police say, one of their officers shot and killed that morning. And investigators say the officer tells them that he felt threatened, tells them that he felt threatened, and that he thought that he saw a gun, but knew tonight. Twitter ABC's Laura Acevedo I explains for us that no gun he had a crucifix. was ever found. Laura? in his pocket. Tim and Jackie, there's now a memorial out here at the scene of the shooting. Now, BPD says this all started when they received a call of a man that was walking around with a gun. They did show up to the scene and search for several hours, and tonight they said they didn't find a gun at the scene. <laughs> they looked for a hours, couldn't find a gun. Wow. In southwest Bakersfield. Caller said that someone is outside with a gun, armed with a revolver. That somebody, 73-year-old Francisco Serna. Sometime after the call, Serna was shot and killed by a Bakersfield police officer. I spoke. Hey, well, hey, asshole who called the police, I hope you feel good about murdering this old man because you just called a bunch of rabid wolves to go attack somebody, okay? And I don't care if you didn't, oh, I didn't mean for him to, oh, it's totally out of line. No, you called murderers, you called a gang of murderous thugs to the scene. You called them there. He's dead now. That's your fault. I hope you feel good. With his children tonight. Enough is enough. Uh, BPD murdered my father for no reason. According to BPD, yes, when they did. But I want to point this out again. They did murder, but they are murderers. So don't be surprised that they murder. You should be angry with your neighbor and the police who won't tell you who that neighbor is. Because oftentimes these, oh, it's just an anonymous call. Oh, it's just some old lady peeking through her blinds someone's got a gun okay what lady why don't you get a gun and just protect your own goddamn home okay someone some old man walking around with a cross in his pocket no threat to anybody and then you call the gang you're the murderer by proxy you hired a hitman to his home and say they made contact with him they say he didn't comply with officer orders bpd says the officer tells them he felt threatened and fired several rounds they need to be held and fired several rounds yeah okay how are you going to be threatened by a 73 year old man i don't care who you are is he, is he the hulk they need to be held accountable because yeah. this is just happening too often to too many people. But tonight, BPD confirming that they did not find a gun at the scene. This, this guy, you can't see it on the video, but he looks like basically the Orville Redenbacher guy. There couldn't be a less threatening His old man. His family had been telling me since earlier today. He don't carry a gun. He was always against it. And here we are now at whatever time it is. And... and now it's been confirmed that he didn't have a weapon on him, and he, he never does. Serna's children say their father was struggling with early stages of dementia. They also say his medication caused him to be paranoid. But the family feels like police knew this about their father. You can hear it in the dispatch call. For Francisco Serna reported us to having dementia. The Serna family says they are angry, but glad BPD admits there was no gun. My father's never owned a gun, so that was uh, good to hear that the police finally came out and said there was no gun found. The family is planning a candlelight vigil and a peaceful protest yeah, at yeah, candlelight vigil. the oh, scene wait. of the shooting protest, here huh? tomorrow at 6 in the hey. evening. They want the community to come out and support their father. As far as for the officer who shot the 73-year-old man, he is on a routine paid administrative leave. Oh, paid vacation. Who, who could have guessed? Should, should I have taken a, a pool? 
a, a little uh, bet about paid vacation. Maybe even the future stories. We'll we'll do a, a little bet. Well, yeah, you know, you got to keep your your kids and your um, dementia patients away from the police because they're just they they're helpless. They're helpless against these people, and they're just going to shoot them dead. Oh, he, he didn't follow orders. He didn't comply. You know, how was he supposed to know? Dude's dude's got dementia. Uh, there's more of the that Virgil or vigil for uh, Francisco Cerna story, but you know that's enough sadness. We've we've got funny stories. Here's one: the uh, why do you comply? What if the police actually, or what if dentists or other professions acted the way police do? Here's a funny uh, video from Why Do You Comply? Oh, it's muted. Do you know why I pulled you over? I don't know, I got like a tail light out or something. I pulled you over because it's been two years since your last cleaning. No, that, that, that's impossible, man. I, 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 Sir, step out of the car. No, look, man, look, I, I promise I can, I can make an appointment for you today, okay? I just. I, I promise I'll make Sir, I can smell your breath from here. I have reason to suspect some decay. Look, I, I promise I'll make a, a, a real appointment, okay? I'm gonna have to give you a root canal. Look, I, Sir, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to give you a cavity search. Please open your mouth. All right, okay, Stop okay. Stop resisting. I can see you need a root That hurts, right man, okay? You can't just be doing stuff like that. What are you talking about? Oh, hey, what are you doing, man? No, get away from me. my drill. Hey, man, are you, you going for my drill? No, I'm not. Drill. Stop. Don't do this to me. <laughs> he asked him. No, there's no time. Just choke him out. No, that goes in 10, 9, 8, sir, 7, 6, we need to calm down. Good. 4. We're going to take care of R32 for you, okay? Your back molar. If you think this is ridiculous... Just take a look at any of the dozens, hundreds, thousands of videos that you will find of police abuse, uh, people being stopped in their cars for victimless crimes and then having their orifices penetrated uh, against their will. I mean, this is literally what's happening. We wouldn't accept it from dentists. Don't accept it from police employees. Okay, and I call them employees because they're not special. Like everyone else, they are employed by an organization. Officers. I won't I won't give them that special title. I won't give them any credibility that comes with that tin badge. Oh, officer. It makes them sound official, right? Oh, well, you know, they're in the, the fanciest uniform. That's why you gotta dress better than the cops and have a better morality then what have they got if you look cooler and you are cooler and you're in the right cops got nothing and you got the camera so they're just a bunch of thugs be gone with you we'll be right back with more still to come in hour two on this cop block radio podcast the filth shoots a driver just like you 41 times the milwaukee bucks are filing a lawsuit against cop block Uh uh-oh they're claiming trademark infringement watch out and um cop block records 
Introducing Music Against Policing. This is unique. Uh, but first, the biggest and best story of the week. I'll leave that for you to decide. Texas man found not guilty for shooting three cops during no-knock raid, also known as a home invasion. A Texas man named Ray Rosas who shot three cops breaking into his home during a no-knock raid, or as I call it, a home invasion. This is a a no-knock raid. It doesn't deserve a special name. This is a raid, yeah, and and they didn't knock. That's about as descriptive as they're getting. That's like what a robber does. So when, like, I don't describe it as a no-knock raid when my house gets robbed. When people are coming into your house without your permission, that's a home invasion. You shoot the bastards. I don't care who they are. But uh, apparently, if they if they shout out like, oh, hey, we got a warrant. Okay, well, then you know it's the police. But these guys didn't even identify themselves as police, as we'll find out in this story. He was found not guilty on Tuesday. Rosa said he did not know the armed intruders were cops because his sight and hearing were affected by the flash grenade they tossed into his bedroom window. Well, maybe they shouldn't have done that. After two hours of deliberations, the jury found him not guilty. Two hours, not that long. The incident took place on February 19th, 2015, as Corpus Christi's SWAT team was serving a search warrant on his home to arrest his nephew, who was suspected of selling drugs. His nephew, Santiago Garcia, was not home during the raid, but police did find a small amount of drugs in the home. How much you want to bet? It's a little bag of weed. However, his mother and brother were home, the latter who suffers from ding ding dementia. It's like the theme of the evening. Rosas, who uh, whose home had been shot in the past uh, during drive-by shootings, believed he was being robbed. So he pulled out his gun and fired 15 times, striking three law enforcers, all of whom survived the shooting, but likely won't be heading first. <laughs> they won't be the first ones. Uh, busting through the next no-knock raid. The charges were reduced during the trial to three counts of aggravated assault on a public official. Official? Not an employee. Oh, they're official. Uh, Prosecutors, because employee, that insinuates that you own them, right? Like, if they're employees and you're paying their salary, okay, then you're their boss and you get to tell them what you want. Like, hey, go arrest that guy or, you know, hey, uh, go save this kitten from a tree. But no, when they're officials, they tell you what to do, like, hey, step out of the car, spread your cheeks, and cough. Prosecutors argued that Rosas was well aware they were cops because he yelled, oh, they yelled police at some point during the raid. They also argued that Rosas should have known they were cops because he had a surveillance camera that allowed him to view outside his home from his bedroom. But Rosas had maintained that he did not know they were cops, telling cops as they were being arrested that he didn't know that they were cops. So while he was being arrested, he's like, uh, whoops, I didn't know you guys were cops, sorry. Uh, He also told jailers the same thing that night as they were booking him. I imagine it was probably pretty embarrassing to shoot at some cops uh, who then come and arrest you and then take some pot from your house and you have to claim it's your nephew's, blah, blah, blah. It's so embarrassing. You know, he just wants to tell the story and uh, 
let let it be done with. And he, they've got his mugshot, the poor guy on uh, photographyisnotacrime.com, this Ray Rosas. And he's got a big black eye. I don't know if the, the cops popped him one or if it's just a bad night. His mugshot shows him with a black eye. Oh, okay, here it is, indicating cops punched him during his arrest. Um, a Rosas attorney argued that he was... Um, let me see. Argued that he had been wary of attacks from gang members since testifying against one in 2001 for a violent crime committed on his home, resulting in him receiving death threats since then. The three cops who were shot, yeah, their names don't matter, uh, sustained minor injuries. They were treated at a local hospital and released a short time later. The surveillance video that supposedly captured the raid has not been released. So no video of this one, unfortunately. And the cops, well, at least one of them's handsome, so got that. Uh, moving on uh, to another part of Texas where, oh, why are people so distrusting of the police? Maybe it's because of stories like this, where a filth officer, a, uh, <laughs> a cop roach, shot a man 41 times. Uh, law enforcer Patrick Tudor began trial on Tuesday for fatally shooting a man during a high-speed chase in 2012. Tudor shot Michael Allen 41 times. Defense attorneys represent to, uh, representing Tudor are using the go-to excuse for cops. Oh, oh, don't tell me. What is it? I feared for my life. He initially claimed that he had to shoot him because Allen rammed his truck into Tudor's car. However, dash cam video showed that it was Tudor who ran into Allen. So, oh, he ran into me. I had to shoot him. Well, turns out you ran into him, and then you shot him. What an asshole. Tudor also claimed that Allen was reaching down for something. Oh, no. Garland uh, law enforcer William Norris contradicted that contention in his testimony, stating that Tudor was reckless in his actions and put the rest of the cops involved in the chase in danger with his gunfire. Yeah, no kidding, man. Like, you better hope you're a good shot, and cops typically aren't. If you actually look up the statistics on it, civilians are far better shots, uh, more accurate placements. But, you know, this cop is putting his colleagues in serious danger by firing and not knowing what his backstop is you can't just fire around at a guy you know you got to really be aware of your situations follow the four rules of gun safety and he certainly was not so they could have done some serious harm uh, especially shooting 41 times jesus christ lost my place. Other officers at the scene also testified that Allen, that's the guy who got shot, had his hands on the steering wheel at the time law enforcer Tudor began shooting him. Uh, in spite of the amount of shots Tudor fired at an unarmed person and the lies in his story exposed by both video and other law enforcers, Tudor was only charged with manslaughter, not lying to law enforcement or sworn falsification or, uh, you know, excessive uh, violence or, you know, excessive force. None of this. 41 times in the back. Yep. Put other officers in danger, like only charged with manslaughter. Sounds reasonable, right? There's not a ruling class. It all started when Patrick Tudor, a six-year veteran of the force at the time, recognized Michael Allen's truck from another police chase earlier that week. He tried to pull him over. 
which led to a chase through multiple cities, ultimately ending in gunfire. So, yeah, okay, it's a personal vendetta. He was pissed. The guy got away. And he's like, you're not getting away this time, buddy. Thank you for joining us at 5. I'm Cynthia Isaguirre. New tonight, dramatic images of a high-speed chase that ended in a deadly car. A former Garland police officer accused of firing more than 40 shots, killing the suspect. Today, he went on trial for manslaughter. Rebecca Lopez. Yeah, they're not they're not going to show it. It's the regular news. I mean, they they probably have the video of the murder and you can see, but uh, oh 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 here it is. Okay, we've got we've got some good video from this. Um here, let's play this one. Let's see. Oh no, is it possible this is a completely different incident? All right, so here this is how common these stories are. Okay, the the story I was just talking about, that's Garland, Texas, and the cop is on trial and he's facing manslaughter charges. This one's in Idaho. I was looking at the frame and it's a cop is shooting a guy who's who's sitting there in his truck, same same looking truck as the one in Texas. Turns out this one's in Idaho. Oh, but what's the story here? This cop's been cleared after killing a suspected drunk driver, despite video evidence contradicting police narrative. So it's the same story. They lied. They lied in their police reports. They lied about what happened. And then the video shows that they lied. Oh, oh the cop is cleared. Now, we, it turns out we investigated ourselves and we found out that uh, we're all really good friends here and it would make our dinners and, and lunch parties really awkward if that we arrested one of them and charged them with a crime. So we're just going to let you be cleared of murder. That's totally cool. That's fine. Oh, cops are crazy, man. Watch out. Know your rights. Just avoid them, you know. You don't go walking through the woods looking for bears. Try and avoid any places where cops might be hanging out. You know, the typical donut shops. Well, sometimes you can't avoid them. You're walking down the street. You're on the corner talking on your iPhone. And, you know, the cop just shoots you. That's exactly what happened in Chicago to a teenager named Cedric. Mm, Poor guy. I mean that in all seriousness. This is terrible. Um, Joshua Brown writes a story over at photographyisnotacrime.com. Chicago pays $3 million, and of course, Chicago can't do anything. That's just the name of a, a collective, right? It's the organization, the city known as, well, basically the taxpayers. So people in Chicago have been extorted for $3 million to settle a case where a law enforcer shot and killed a teenager who was holding an iPhone. Oh, the cop thought it was a gun. Yeah, you can see how he would make that mistake and then how you're responsible to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Chicago will pay a $3 million settlement to the family of teenagers shot and killed while fleeing police on a busy street, claiming he had a black object in his hand that made them fear for their lives. The black object turned out to be an iPhone case. And surveillance cameras do not show Cedric Chapman age 17, pointing the object at officers as he fled, um, as police initially reported, although the videos are grainy. So the cops said, oh, he pointed the phone at us. That's why we thought it was a gun. Well, who the fuck points a phone at anybody like a gun? When, when you're being chased by cops, do you really want to pretend you have a gun that you're going to shoot them with? Because you know they've got one. So this story doesn't really seem to make any sense, but cops tend to be straight D students. So, you know, let's just give this story 
keep it, uh, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt, is what I'm trying to say. Nevertheless, Chicago law enforcer Kevin Fry was found to have been justified in the shooting, but only after an investigator from the city's independent police review authority was fired last year for finding the shooter unjustified. Whoa, okay. So, all right. First, they found that it was unjustified, but the investigator from the city's independent police review authority was then fired and then Chicago police officer Kevin Fry was found to be justified. Wow. So unjustified guy gets fired. Now it's justified. That's not shady at all, Chicago. The incident took place January 2013, but the video of the shooting was not released until January of 2016. After a lengthy court battle, it all started when Fry and his partner Lou Tooth his names sound made up like, eh, hey, hey, we're the Chicago gangsters. We got Kevin Fry and Lou Tooth. He's he'll bite ya. Tried to pull over a Dodge Charger uh, they suspected had been carjacked, prompting its driver Chapman to take off running. So go figure. The cops pull over a Dodge Charger, same car they like to drive. Oh, this car must have been carjacked. Yeah, because the, the driver's black. The tragedy unfolded the afternoon. This is according to the Chicago Sun-Times. The tragedy unfolded on the afternoon of January 7th, 2013, after Chapman and two friends allegedly beat and robbed a man. Oh, 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 okay, okay, that's not good. Beat and robbed a man driving a silver Dodge Charger before Chapman alone took off in the victim's car. Tooth and Fry recognized the car on 75th Street, and Tooth pulled the officer's unmarked squad car next to a uh, slightly ahead of the Charger at 75th and Jeffrey. Then, the law enforcers wearing plain clothes but in clearly marked police vests jumped out of their car with guns drawn. Tooth ran around the front of the Charger while Fry ran around the rear, records show. But Chapman appeared to reach down and grab something, opened the door of the Charger, and fled southeast across 75th. He ran between two parked cars and then west on the sidewalk. Tooth initially on his heels, but fell behind. Fry, who ran diagonally, claimed Chapman had a dark object in his right hand and turned his upper torso slightly to the right. He fired four shots at Chapman, and the teen was shot twice. The dark object turned out to be a black iPhone box. Police say Akeem Clark, age 22, and Martel Odom, 23, were Chapman's accomplices in the carjacking, but they stayed behind as Chapman sped off in the stolen vehicle. Man, what an idiot. I mean, I'm sorry, don't speak ill of the dead, but you're the 17-year-old, your 22- and 23-year-old friends who helped you jack the car uh, stayed behind. So what does that tell you? Maybe, maybe you should follow your older, wiser friends instead of running off in some stolen car. Bunch of idiots. The two were initially charged with murder because their actions led to the killing of Chapman, but those charges were eventually dropped. Good. I mean, that's stupid. How could these two people be charged with murder? Charge them with stealing the car. Charge the cop with murder. Guys are so backwards. However, they were each sentenced to 10 years in prison for robbery and unlawful vehicular invasion. Wow, how much is that going to cost? The settlement was agreed upon in June 2016 but was not approved until Monday, December 12th, 2016. That's why we're just now hearing about it. The city finally released the video in January after public pressure and outrage. 
We have to stand behind our officers, said Chicago Alderman David Moore, who's on the voting committee. But we can't keep allowing officers to cover up for wrongdoing. These incidents keep happening. It has to stop. Brian Kaufman, who is the attorney for Chapman, uh, said this about the settlement. This will be another expensive lesson for the city. If they don't change how they do things, well, there's a bigger societal issue that needs to be discussed. This is the fifth settlement that Officer Fry, the same officer, has been named in involving excessive force, false arrest, and illegal searches, including one from 2008 where he shot an unarmed teen in the neck, then conspired with other law enforcers to cover it up resulting in a $100,000 settlement. So furthermore, and this is just, this is nothing considering this. Furthermore, the city of Chicago as a whole has paid $500 million in police settlements over the last 10 years. So over the last 10 years, half a billion dollars from one city going to settlements for cops doing the wrong thing. Can you imagine any industry? Is that happening? Maybe in uh, the medical industry. You know, maybe, uh, oh, we left a sponge in, in your spleen. Sorry about that. That's that's going to be a couple million here, a couple million there. Malpractice. Oops, uh, I delivered your baby upside down. You know, there's all kinds of things that the, the people could get sued for wrongdoing. But they have to pay for it. You know, the, the medical doctors are the ones who take out the insurance on their own malpractice. Or the hospital covers it. Someone's paying for it. It's the bottom line. You don't get... Put with, with the bill after the cops shoot you, but that's exactly what happens with the uh, with the law enforcers. It's like, oh, we we gotta have these people protecting society, right? You know, if we don't have um, people like this, it would be chaos. There'd be people shooting each other in the streets. Well, that's exactly what's happening. And then who pays for it when they do the wrong thing? It's you. It's you. So please, please stop supporting these awful people. Instead, download the app, Cell411. GetCell411.com is the website. You can replace the police today. Call your friends in an emergency. If you're, if you're feeling fearful, you can call good people, not bad ones. Oh, man. Good music. Good music. You know, and uh, there's that's one of the things Coplock's going to be doing. Coplock Records, um, collecting a bunch of songs by artists who uh, are promoting freedom, personal independence, police accountability, and uh, yeah, that's not what this story's about. You can read about that. Coplock Network, Coplock Records is what they're calling it. Uh, very cool. But I wanted to move to uh, a story like we got a dozens of these, like the headline I was going to get to next. Nine Texas cops fired. Three others resigned after writing tickets for imaginary traffic stops. Imagine that. Well, uh, I want to like take a change of pace, change, change gears for a second away from cop stories and turn towards a court that ruled Medical marijuana card holders can't buy firearms. This should go in the category of no, duh. But a lot of people don't know this, 
And so I feel like a responsibility to share this type of story with you is like, they're like, oh man, isn't it great? It's, you know, we just legalized cannabis. So I got my card. And then it's like, yeah, you know, you're going to have to give up all your guns, right? Like you just registered with the government that you smoke marijuana. Like maybe just don't do that because a year or two ago, they were throwing people like you in jail for a year. So they probably don't have the best opinion of you. It's not like they're just like snap their fingers. Oops. We realized that for a hundred years, we were doing a completely evil, awful, counterproductive thing that harmed society and made things worse, built resentment against us and <laughs> cemented distrust among the public. But uh, yeah, now suddenly with the wave of a pen, everything's fine. You can just get this card. No, it means you're going to be giving up certain essential rights. So maybe just don't say goodbye to your black market dealer just yet. Here's a story from Sprout.News. Because it can make them irrational and unpredictable. If you have a medical marijuana card, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals says that you can't buy a gun. The court ruled 3-0 to zero on Wednesday that a ban preventing medical marijuana card holders from purchasing firearms is not in violation of the Second Amendment. There are nine Western states under the appeals court jurisdiction, including Nevada, where the case originated. The suit was filed in 2011 by Nevada resident S. Rowan Wilson after she tried to purchase a gun for self-defense and was denied based on the federal ban on the sale of guns to users of illegal drugs. Though marijuana has been legalized in some places on a state-by-state basis, it remains illegal under federal law. The court maintained that drug use, quote, raises the risk of irrational or unpredictable behavior with which gun use should not be associated. Of course, there's no license required for going out and buying a six-pack or a fifth of vodka and walking around with, you know, going into a gun store and buying as many guns as you want. But a, a suddenly, oh man, these these we got to be worried about these pot smokers. Clearly, they're the ones who are committing all of these uh, crimes with with firearms. It's not the drunk people. It's not the cops. It's stoners. Yeah, that's who you really got to be worried about. These guys, they just can't let you have anything good without kicking you in the nuts, too, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, you can have the guns, or you you can have the weed, but uh, we're gonna take your guns. Yeah, sorry about that. Wilson claimed that she didn't actually use marijuana. She simply obtained a card to show her support for its legalization. Yeah, okay, good good try. Good try, Wilson. The appeals court agreed with guidelines from the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives that firearms... That sounds like a really fun agency, by the way. I just have to point that out when I'm reading this. Bureau Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives has the best Christmas parties. Uh, that firearm sellers should assume that medical marijuana card holders use the drug. Now, you can't make that assumption because there is a distinction. I know we're really splitting hairs here, but use is not possession. Possession is not the same thing as use. So I could buy a bunch of bleach. Uh, doesn't mean I'm drinking it. I have bleach um, in my house, but that doesn't mean that I use it. So, you know, there's lots of things that we have that doesn't mean that we use them. 
and this this card it shouldn't imply that this person is using it unless she is caught unless there's a charge where like okay you're in a state where it's illegal and a cop arrests you and is like look i'm watching you smoke this joint right now the joint was tested it's pot you smoked pot i watched it happen we proved it with science that is how you prove use otherwise it's just possession and if the law says that you can't allow users of the drug well then you know they're being too stringent here in their application of the law. So, uh, Chaz Rainey, the attorney representing Wilson, said he plans to appeal the decision. "Quote: We live in a world where having a medical marijuana card is enough to say you don't get a gun, but if you're on the no-fly list, your constitutional right is still protected." Oh, not your strongest argument, Chaz. Uh, he argued that there should be more consistency in how the Second Amendment is applied. Yeah, well, I'm not trying to take more rights away from people on some random no-fly list. Uh, Alex Crate, marijuana law expert at San Diego's Thomas Jefferson School of Law, expects that this ruling won't be the last we see of the issue. He told the Associated Press that the ruling may be challenged by people who use medical marijuana who will argue that, quote, they shouldn't be lumped with other drug users in terms of concerns about violence. And yeah, I think they'd have a pretty strong case to make there that like, hey, pot users, not really known for their violent streaks. You probably shouldn't take away their guns. They're probably going to need them um, if they still live in a state that does no-knock raids. So, uh, okay, let's turn to to another story about cops being fired. This is fun. Uh, Almost 2,000 shares, and this was only posted a couple days ago. Well done, Kelly Patterson. He wrote this. He says, uh, back in May, 15 police officers from Arlington, Texas, were given paid vacations. Hmm, They must have done something bad. After it was discovered, they had been falsifying traffic stops in order to meet department ticket quotas. Now, nine of those officers have been fired, and another three have quit as a result of an internal affairs investigation. The remaining three and other who was uh, another who was later added remain on paid suspension while the investigation continues. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't you love it if you fucked up at your local office that they just kept sending you paychecks and said, don't come in. We're investigating you <laughs> and we're probably going to find in your favor and, you know, just relax, kick your feet up, lay low for a little while and enjoy the bonus. The traffic stop irregularities came to light when department supervisors attempted to review dash cam footage from the phantom stops. Once it was discovered that no dash camera video existed, a wider internal probe was initiated. Another red flag that raised suspicion was that the same license plate number was used for multiple stops. In the end, man, they really couldn't get even that creative. They were like, rubber stamping their, their their fake tickets in the end it was determined that no stops had been made nor had any citizens been contacted by the officers during the reported stops the result of the internal investigation have been forwarded to the tarrant county district attorney's office for a determination of whether they will receive a painful slap on the wrist or some sort of imaginary punishment for their imaginary actions The Telegram star says, uh, quote, They are accused of lying about traffic stop reports, tampering with governmental records, and conduct unbecoming of a police officer. Their cases have been forwarded, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Charges will be filed. 
Two of the fired officers also accused of not being truthful in their testimony with internal affairs investigators. Well, you don't say. They lied. Well, I'm pretty sure they're trained to lie, and they're told that they can get away with lies. So why wouldn't they? Yeah, we made this up. Yeah, we've got this quota thing. Well, we have to do a certain number of stops. To be honest, I wish that they would get away with this. I would love it if cops were writing imaginary tickets to imaginary people just to fill some quota. Good. Don't fire these guys. Hire more like them. Do they have any friends? You know, sit around eating donuts all day instead of murdering people. That'd be great. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm in the chat room, guys, and friend of the show, Lugosi, mentions uh, while we're on a way on a break that... Here, let me just read the story to you. He shared with me. He said, oh, cops not being truthful. Wow. You know, that time when the cop threatened me for the phone pointing, uh, they had stopped me while I was walking down the sidewalk and started bullshitting me, claiming that I was in an accident at the nearby street corner where there obviously had been no accident. They said they thought I was fleeing the scene. Just made this up. And I was like, did they? He was like, yeah, well, I finally um, wisened up and asked if I was being detained, which he refused to answer. He would just ask me questions instead. And at that point, I walked off after he continued to deflect. They briefly followed, but then gave up and asked for ID and all that, which he refused. Uh, Lugosi said, I bamboozered it, but luckily had no use for the video. And, um, you know, I'm giving a little pat on the back and some kudos to Lugosi for taking video just in case. Just in case. Keep an objective record. You know they're going to lose their video. So if something does happen and you need it, that video is priceless. You can't go back in time and bring it to the jury. Uh, So if you get arrested or the cop says or does the wrong thing, you need to have the video or audio recording yourself. So way to go. Bamboozer, of course, is a great app for live streaming. It pushes out to Facebook, alerts your friends that something's going on, keeps a record. So if the cops steal or break your phone during transmission, you've at least got the record up to that point so they can't go and delete the video. Um, It's a good app. And another one I recommend, of course, is Cell 411 does very much the same thing. So, all right, uh, let's finish off the night. We've got two two big stories. well, we've got a lot. We're not going to make it to all of them. Jay Anderson, I talked about last week. He was shot age 25 while sleeping in his car. Uh, his family, you know, they had the car taken and pounded. The uh, cops, when they finally, the p- family got the car back, it was still covered in blood. Brains were in the seat. Uh, locks of hair were still there. It hadn't been cleaned out at all. And it had been rotting in the summer days uh, with the windows down. And just like, it was just so nasty. Um, and so they did a press conference. Obviously, the, the cops around there are t- totally, you know, total thugs. Um, and the, the family has been great about like keeping public pressure on them and making sure that they get... Uh, video turns out, oh, dash cam wasn't working at the time. So yeah, it's important to get your own video. That's the, the bottom line. I, I won't go through the Jay Anderson whole press conference they did. But here's one. Cop who was who murdered mother in front of her child is a deadbeat dad. So this is fun. Uh, Jesse Hill's lack of remorse published yesterday for recklessly taking the life of the mother of two young children begins to make sense when you understand that the man doesn't even care much about his own kids. In January 2015, 
Law enforcer Jesse Hill of the Burlington Police Department shot and killed Autumn Steele during an icy fall that happened while he was trying to shoot her dog, Sammy. But since there was no evidence that anyone but Hill escalated the situation in which a woman was killed, her death was not so much an accident, but an act of neglect with malice. Here in Burlington, rumors began to spread of other parts of Hill's questionable past that call his character into question. Besides showing no remorse for the death he caused, sociopath, a video surfaced of Hill before becoming a cop flashing gang signs. Classy guy. One of the other persistent rumors is that Hill had fathered a child during an affair. In an investigation, uh, that rumor, in investigating that rumor through searching public records, I found, and this is uh, Kay Thornley speaking, she says, I found that Hill had indeed fathered a child with a woman and tried to skirt his responsibility until he was forced to pay for the kid by the state. Uh, not only that, but since at least one of the children from his marriage is his oldest, it means that the unsupported child was the product of cheating. People around here claim that the cheating didn't end there either, but who's to say? Certainly the guy's character is not inviting of the benefit of the doubt. And then uh, there's a link. There's You can see all the records, child support recovery, and the dates, and the amounts, and the actions taken. Um, all of that. So, so they're not just making it up. They have the documents. Uh, the Child Support Recovery Unit are the agency that goes after people who have not paid their child support. And as it turns out, the rumors were all correct. Jesse Hill is a deadbeat dad and a cheater. And at the same time, the Burlington Police Department and local media take lots of opportunities to paint Hill as a hero, an upstanding officer, an all-around great guy. Recently, he was seated next to a child during a charity police support function and had this picture taken so that... Uh, Burlington would believe he's a friend and protector of children. Yeah, but he looks like uh, he, he doesn't even trust that little kid. He's giving him the stink eye. Uh, I cannot imagine what Autumn's family must feel when they see these horrible things. I'm ashamed to live in Burlington due to the fact that so many people won't speak out to demand justice. It's beyond me how Hill can live so peacefully with what he's done, but I cannot understand at all why he has been, uh, why he's not been tried for his crime and instead used as some sort of mascot for the police and our city. Photography is not a crime recently reported that Steele's family have filed a lawsuit against Hill. The ability to do so would expire in January. So the civil case is likely the last resort in light of any possible criminal case being delayed by the Iowa Board of Public Information's ability to make a decision regarding the release of evidence to the... Wow, what the fuck? This sentence is so fucking long. I lost... I don't even know what it's trying to say. The, the ability to do so would expire in January. So the civil case is likely the last resort. Boom, period. End of sentence. Let's just end it there. In light of any possible criminal activity being displayed by the Iowa... Bu, 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 I just got to give up. There's no no making sense of that sentence. Sorry. You know, the, anyone can submit stories to copluck.org. Uh, there are editors, but they don't always get everything or make it nice and neat. If Steele's family read this, or someday her children do, I hope that you know that there were some of us here uh, that want justice for what happened to Autumn and will never forget her or what was done. And when Jesse is called to answer for this, his deeds in this lifetime or in the hereafter, unless he accounts for 
what he's done and makes amends now, his judgment will not be kind. Well, that's not really up to you to decide, uh, Kay Thornley, but you know, I'm glad you care about this issue and that you, you brought, brought this to light. I mean, I don't know this, the whole deadbeat dad thing. I, I'm not for the state forcing people to pay for kids that they don't want. You don't want to support a kid. Don't support a kid. You know, that should be your choice. Uh, the state forcing you to do it? No, that's not cool. His wife or the the woman that he uh, had the child with, if, if she felt like uh, she was betrayed or that he, he had some verbal contract with her like, yeah, let's raise this baby and then he changed his mind. Come after him with a bowling pin or a gun or whatever you need to do. But no, don't make the state do your dirty work. Don't, don't force them to garner wages or collect money from somebody. It's just not fair. And it's, it's not right to have the burden of everyone else's taxpayers to go do your, your bidding, to, to go extract money from some deadbeat. You know, you slept with the guy, you go get his money if, if you can get it. So anyway, that's a, that's a fun story. Cop who murdered a mother in front of his, uh, in front of their child turns out to be a deadbeat dad. Wow. Big surprise. Uh, and here, here's this one. A heckler cop thinks he's special from a comedy show. I've only got like two minutes left, but I'll try and blow through this story real fast. The, uh, a heckler was owned by, uh, Steve Hofstetter. I was about 10 minutes into my act. I told a story about talking back to a cop named Alvarez, and I also did this joke. And sometimes I talk back to cops. Um, I'm still alive because I'm white, but like... <laughs> oh, do you not know? Do you not know what's going on? That's a thing. Um, by the way, if anyone's really offended because they're a cop and they're offended that I'm talking about them, uh, I'm talking about the cops that murder people, so if you're offended by that joke, you're a shitty cop. Um, <laughs> There are good cops. There are. They keep quiet though, which bothers me. There's a lot of shit going on right now, and the good cops need to speak up more. Like in every other profession, someone fucks up. Everyone in that profession talks about it. In my profession, we can't wait to talk about it. The second a comic says anything wrong, we're in the back being like fucking hack, like immediately. <laughs> Meanwhile, there was a party of ten in the front row. Four of them were super well behaved, but some of them kept talking to each other really loudly, and they were asked to be quiet a couple of times. As you can see, I was getting a little bit distracted. I have this thing where I don't like people. Some of y'all get it. Some of y'all need to meet more people. For, uh... Well, according to the story, the there was a retired police officer in the audience. Uh, he left the show and... Um, turns out he was a 40-year veteran and, and thought that the uh, behavior of the young officer was so appalling he had to leave the the room. Blah, blah, blah. It's a funny... Go check out this funny comedian, Steve Hofstetter. He destroyed a cop um, who was heckling him and he's got some funny jokes and he likes to talk about serious stuff and put a good spin on it. 2,000 shares on coplock.org. Just posted yesterday. Well done, Brian Sumner. Hey, we're out of time, but this has been fun. Let's do this again next week. Coplock.org in the meantime. Catch you later.